Hi, everyone. Welcome to Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. This is our bonus episode of the season. My name bonus. is JJ, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! Uh, this time around, we uh, came up with this idea for our bonus episode uh, to talk about movies that um, our opinions on have changed over time. So each of us have brought to the table a movie that we used to like, but do not like anymore. And we also have each bought a movie that we did not like initially when we first saw it, but now over time we have come to like it. So, uh, you know, this is like opinions changing over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this bonus, and we all have them. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm always curious to hear other people's like. I think ever since we started putting out this podcast, people have actually said like, "Oh wow, you know, I think of movies like this now." Like, you know, th- this movie's divide. People always throwing out suggestions, uh, suggestions or. Oh yeah, we really appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten. Uh, please keep it coming. Um, you know, it kind of uh, you know gives us that extra push. But, uh, but I like to think people have these movies that. They may have they may have hated in the beginning and now like and I like that you know I think it's maybe more common to like something initially and then over time maybe you think about it and you don't like it as much Um, or like on a a rewatch it doesn't hold up as well but I kind of like the idea of you know maybe not liking a movie at first and after how much time you know maybe even years you, uh, you you revisit it and then it turns out you like it so. You know, for whatever reason. So I, I kind of like that. It kind of gives movies a second chance. So we will start with uh, my pick for my movie that I used to like when I was younger and uh, I no longer like. And that is the 1997 sci-fi movie. Go beyond Star Trek. Go beyond Star Wars. And discover... The Fifth Element. Let's play it hard. Starring Bruce Willis and Mila Djokovic. And uh, so this is the uh, idea with this movie, in case uh, you don't know, but I feel like it's a popular movie. It takes place in the future. Bruce Willis is a retired... uh, Soldier? Soldier, or like, I don't know, some sort of law enforcement... um, And uh, he has to come out of retirement. What an original idea. (laughs) To uh, help save the world, Emilia Djokovic plays this, uh, you know, perfect sort of, um, I don't know, she's like the one, basically. And she's the fifth element. And uh, they have to stop Gary Oldman, who has a piece of plastic on his hat. So let's make it, though, like, <laughs> let's let's make this, like, a ten-minute discussion per movie, like the, uh, like our previous bonus episode, real quick, before we really dive into it. Um, and this movie... Um, I will, I'll start by saying what I would initially have given this movie when I first saw it many years ago. Um, so, that hits the timer. So, I would have initially given this movie when I was much younger, like uh, like an 83. Because like, I, I thought it was um, different and, you know, funny. And, and it, I, I liked that it was... I, at least I was under the impression that it was doing something different than other action movies or sci-fi movies. But now that I'm older, I've come to realize that it's not really doing anything different. It's actually, I feel, a very familiar formulaic story with just really weird costume designs, makeup designs, 
and a production design that looks just kind of like derivative of maybe uh, better sci-fi movies like Blade Runner. Um, so that is my initial take on it. What, 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 what are your thoughts on Fifth Element, Keith? Uh, a little bit backstory. This movie came out, or, or when I saw this movie, mm-hmm. it was the junior, my junior and senior year of high school is when I be- started becoming me, like really into movies. <laughs> full, full, full like, Keith. The full Keith. Like you when I started to notice Keith. like good movies and seeing all the classics. Yeah. And I would say my senior year is when I saw The Fifth Element and The Professional, mm. both directed by Luke Besson. And I must have seen The Professional first because that movie was a really, a favorite of mine. Yeah. The Fifth Element, I was like, all right. Yeah. I, I, I really, I, like, I could see why there, I, I know some people who love this movie. Yeah. I could see why. It's just, I, I think there's some good parts. Uh, I think there's some, there's some, I could see the reasons why it's a cult hit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... And I can see the criticisms as well. It's just frustrating to me because i rather a movie have um, a storyline or story structure that's new and different than just, like, you know, the production design. They basically took the, you know, elements of other movies you've seen before. Um, yeah, I don't think the designs are actually that interesting. A lot of them are, like, neon orange wigs. <laughs> like, it's just... Or, like, just weird haircuts... Um, I call that French action, like well, French sci-fi. This is like a French production. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, Bruce Willis is playing like the same character he's played in so many other movies. In fact, he even has some like movies that um, I'm sorry, he has some lines that seem like they're taking right out of uh, a Die Hard movie. Like for example, "Get me Bruce Willis." When <laughs> yeah, that he he makes it American. It, it's there's the one line where. After the aliens have taken over the cruise ship, uh, you know, the head aliens, like, send in someone to negotiate. Bruce Willis walks in, shoots the alien in the head, and goes, anyone else want to negotiate? Like, that, come on, like, that is such, like, a line from, that could have been from Die Hard. In fact, the whole part of the movie when those aliens do take over the ship, that is Die Hard. He's, like, you know, the one guy fighting against a bunch of, um... You know, well, aliens this time, but a bunch of terrorists who have taken over with guns, and he's like the one guy fighting against all of them. It's it's like it, it becomes Die Hard halfway through the movie. Um, uh, the the other thing with this movie is that I get like really weird uh, shifts in tone. When it's supposed to be suspenseful, they play like playful, funny music. Like they discover the bomb, and it's like bum bum bum. Bum, bum, bum. I forgot how goofy... It's really goofy! Uh, G- Gary Oldman is. Gary Oldman... But he's great. He kind of knows the movie he's in. I, I don't know. But I just don't understand the character because... He, like Ian Holm has a line to him where he says, You're a monster. And he goes, I know. But do we really see him being that bad of a, of a person? Like, he kills people who make him mad. But I, there's nothing that threatening about him. Uh, I... I I think the performances in this movie uh, are real head-scratchers. For example, um, Chris Tucker has to be one of the most unintentionally annoying characters in any movie. He's supposed to be the comic relief, but every time he is on screen, it's like nails on a chalkboard. He is constantly screeching and screaming at this high-pitched scream when he's in a dangerous situation. And it's just like... 
really uh, like irritating. The only yeah. funny thing he does that actually made me laugh a little bit is when he's first introduced in the movie and he's walking around these different hallways doing his show and there's like a line of like Asian schoolgirls with like pictures they want him to autograph and he takes like a paintbrush from a paint can and paints one continuous <laughs> line over their pictures as his way his weird way of autographing them but like he's totally useless he doesn't make me laugh and then at the end when all the characters are trying to open the stones and do everything he like doesn't contribute at all like what is the point of this character this movie if you at least for me if you like you kind of turn away for like a second your I was confused I kind of had to like yeah. rewind and catch I'm like wait a minute oh wait who are these like I cuz I yeah this isn't a movie for me that I re like well I'm, there's the, there's like the one like really chaotic scene where everyone is trying to get into Bruce Willis's apartment to do something like you know his like former colleagues at you know from like the government agency and then there's like the priest and then there's Mila Djokovic and everyone he's hiding people in all these different places it becomes like a farce at that point uh, but it's it's like really hard to keep up with. There's also like weird lines and moments in this movie that stick out to me, like um, that make that to me is like okay, this is obviously like a European production. This is not like an American yeah. production. Like there's Bruce Willis has this crazy neighbor that the police arrest because they think it's him, and when they the police see through the door and they see the neighbor who is like shaving with scissors. And they're like, sir, put your hands on the yellow circles. And he, this guy, goes up to the door and he goes, smoke you. And I'm like, smoke you? Who's, what does that mean? Like, there's just like weird moments in this movie where I'm like, what, what kind of dialogue is this? I'm very curious about the people who do love this movie, how much they love it. Because I've, you know, I've seen really great cosplays and just, Uh. uh, I, I'm just very... I don't even like the action. I, the action I, is silly. Like, there at one point when Mila Djokovic is fighting these, like, ugly aliens, there's, like, she is, like, just slapping one in the nose like an old vaudevillian act while another one just stands behind her, like, kind of being like, oh, what's going on? And then she just, like, punches them both at the same time in what's supposed to be funny, but it's not. Well, the director, like, the, the points where I do give it the originality of the world is very it's very creative and it's kind of amazing that like someone gave money like hey Mm. let's take everything in your thoughts and your childhood notebooks and put it up on screen Mm -hmm. but the point that you made before it relies on such 90s action tropes it's amazing that this this fully lived in world Mm -hmm. relies on such a simple regurgitated story yeah that's crazy to me like if you really wanted to create this like original new world and you know have all these interesting um designs why not have like an an interesting story to match it didn't make sense to me i mean maybe that was like the studio's way of just trying to appeal to american audiences with a familiar story but it's people do go for it like people this movie was a success it's no it was it's it's very watchable I i would call it a cult though yeah, that it could be. Um, it, it it is very watchable, uh, but I think that it is trying to, like, position itself as like you know a a different movie that's doing sci-fi and action differently, but it doesn't. Um, and I find that kind of phony. So I, I like I said, I my original score for this movie when I was younger, when I kind of like fell for what this movie was trying to convince me. 
I would have said it was like an 83. Now I think I would give it like a 65. 65. Yeah, it's just like um, disappointing for me. It's a cardinal sin. I've said it before when you concentrate more on the like production design than you do on the script. So uh, that is where I'm coming with this movie. What, about, what would you give this movie? Uh, see, the, watching it, I was like, okay, this is okay. This is this is fine. Yeah, it's, it's okay. People in high school were like, I can see why people really like it. It's just not hitting it for me. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Doctor Who. And I'm sorry, like Doctor mm. Who, I know it has a huge fan base. but And I've seen some good episodes. Of, I've seen the good episodes of Doctor Who. But it's not my cup of sci-fi. It's not yeah. like, uh, I don't like the Google mechs mixing with the Karkin. Like, it's like... <laughs> the what and the what? And it's like someone holding up a, like a Scrabble uh, like uh, thing and just like, these are our aliens. Yeah. I'm just not into that version of sci-fi. I did not like the aliens in this movie. They looked like they were made from pieces of garbage. They looked like uh, like they were from the Mario Party movie <laughs> set. Like it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's just like this... It, there are people that really love Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if those people love this movie. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was... For a score, I I feel like... I don't know. I'm in the 70s on both ends. Like, I just really... like I okay. do acknowledge the good things. I acknowledge the impact, but I'm just like... Mm. Oh, time's up. Yep. All right, that's fair. I think, uh, you know, maybe my pin's just a little bit like... Uh, you know, I think this movie is like around where you think it is just maybe I, I place well, it a little lower you really enjoy it when you first saw it as yeah. opposed to me where I was like the professional was like that. that's the movie that's the Gary Oldman performance too that okay. I like that why I love acting but as opposed to yeah it's, that's basically like, the, I was like oh yeah this is you, yeah. you're, you've steadily remained in like maybe like the low 70s and I've gone from like probably from 80s to 60s so yeah uh, and that's just my opinion. I know people. If you love this movie, that's amazing. Then you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Said it here first. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, that was my pick for a movie I used to like, but not anymore. Uh, now it's time for Keith, your movie that you you used to like, but you no longer do. And what movie would that be? Experience it in IMAX 3D. Rated PG-13. Uh, what was the before you start the timer? What would have been the score when you initially saw this? Uh, I, I I was so amazed by it. I, I remember writing the status like that's how you do a Godzilla movie. I would give it about an 85. I really oh. enjoyed. I remember that final battle. I'm like that's. Mm-hmm. I, I think I even said that in the status. I'm like that's amazing. Okay. Okay. So an 85 is your was your score uh, when this first came out. So start the timer. So, how has your opinion changed over time? Well, this movie, I will still go to bat saying that it had the best trailer. The teaser trailer for this was when the soldiers, you don't even know what kind of movie it's promoting, but you just hear the, you hear that, yeah. that music and you see the soldiers coming down and you see the red coming. It's very yeah. cinematic and then you go, Godzilla. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's what our new Godzilla is going to be about, and then you hear Brian Cranston's going to be in it, fresh off of a Breaking Bad ending. One year later, like you are rooting for this, yeah. And then once he dies, which is still a shock, early on, or like ha- literally, like why do him dying starts the movie for the plot? Forty minutes in, yeah. Why even kill him off though? I mean, well, it, that the more I think about it and watching it again, I'm like, this movie should not have. Okay, you're taking bland and hit, uh, Kickass is a good actor. Aaron Taylor Johnson is a good actor, 
Uh, but he, this role was insert your face here. You are this character. Oh, uh, he could have been. It's so interesting. Like no character. The only thing is he's a bomb maker and he doesn't even know how to do that. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen's wasted as well. I like. Uh, yeah, I mean they're just kind of like pawns in this but whole. But he story. doesn't have an arc in this movie. No. And, but his arc should have been with his dad. Well, yeah, because that's, that's I, what they set it up is because he's estranged from his father. Uh, but they never have that. They never give the movie a chance to have that arc because they just kill off Brian Cranston. So that, so that right away is like, I, I was so blinded by that. The death because, is also kind of like washed over because it's like he's hurt, he's injured, uh, and then like as he's dying, it cuts away to the next establishing shot, and it's like, oh, he died, and it's like, wait, what? there wasn't even a moment for his death. And it's shot, like Frank Darabont is a, like Shawshank, Green Mile. Yeah. I admit, like I saw his name in the writing credits, and it's just. Like I'm like, the character work in this in Godzilla, and we might talk about King of the Monsters later. That is a divided film. Yeah, I think so. And of course, if like I, you know, I came to see a Godzilla movie, I expect a fight, and I know Gareth Edwards wanted to do something different. Yeah, like he want he went the Jaws route, whereas like less is more. We're gonna like I don't know if that really works for Godzilla. And then at the end, you get this big fight. It it, it very much follows the Rogue One for me. Great final act. Characters I don't really care about. Care about in the, in the like it's you're setting up for me to just go by the third act going all right. There were like some this. curious moments for me with this movie, and I actually had not seen it when it first came out. I only saw it recently for this discussion. Um, first of all, I think they I, I, I from what I understood I had read I know that people complain that there's not enough Godzilla in this movie. He only really shows up like halfway through. You don't even see him that much again till the it's end. It's all like you know it, like you he's, on, he's on TV. He's or, swimming around. Uh, there's some good shots in this movie when, too with that him in the water like, when he when when was it Mothra or like whatever that uh, monster is uh, the Tenudos or something like that Mudos Menudos or I feel like if I was seeing this when it first came out in theaters the scene where that like butterfly creature comes out of its cocoon I would have thought before that happens, this is King Kong. This is going to be his entrance. Or sorry, Godzilla. Did I say King Kong? Well, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Same universe now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Godzilla. Sorry. Um, I would have thought that's Godzilla about to come out because it's the Godzilla movie and they're setting it up for this great entrance. But instead, this like other creature comes out that looks cool. But I'm like, that's not Godzilla. Like, where's Godzilla? And then he just kind of comes into it. All of a sudden, he's just there, you know? Um, and then when you finally have that big scene of him, like, screeching, and they're in Honolulu, and they're about to start fighting, like, the first big monster fight scene, it cuts to the next yeah. day. <laughs> like, yeah. there's there's the final fight scene. That's the only fight or scene. Or even in the final, when they're, like, they're all heading to that bomb shelter, and you see Godzilla about to roar, and then the door closes. It's like, wow, this movie's really teasing you for... He's only on screen for 11 minutes. Yeah, like, every single time you're about to get Godzilla, it cuts away, which, you know, they're subverting expectations in an interesting way, and they're just doing it for the sake of it, and I think that's what this movie was doing. I... The... Look, there's no character you can add to Godzilla. Like, okay... It had a great final battle, I'll agree. But yeah. but the Godzilla movie, you're supposed to have human characters that I could care about through all the things. I did not care about... No. Like, I thought Elizabeth Olsen was completely... Like, she gives her child away to a complete stranger. You should have yeah. told, you told your wife to get out of the city. Yeah. Uh, the nuclear bomb, like, it's on a boat. There's so many things that just, like, if you think about it, it just, like, mm. the un... 
the potential this movie had. I think this movie should have been um, maybe a little more self-aware. Uh, I thought it took itself too seriously, but it still had some silly moments I thought were unintentional. Like Brian Cranston trying to speak Japanese. Yeah, that was kind of That silly. should have been, like... It, 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 I don't know. It's, I'm so really even like, the shot of like the nuclear power plant like collapsing. I was like, I don't know. That looked kind of silly. But my silly, I think, I think the silliest thing is these news headlines that you see on the TV. <laughs> like when Honolulu is being destroyed, the 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 TV local the TV news is with footage of King Kong and this other. I keep saying King Kong. Sorry. The 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 footage of Godzilla fighting this other monster. The headline is. Honolulu devastated. It should be like monsters are real <laughs> and they're fighting each other. And then at the end of the movie, when Godzilla is he won and he's like walking back into the ocean, the headline is like Godzilla, our city's savior? Question mark. No, he's not. He like destroyed part of the city too. Like Godzilla has kind of like when they're like looking at him, he's like, all right. Somehow, like the, everyone, like because Ken Watanabe explains like how. You know, Godzilla is there to stop the other monsters. But, like, how is anyone else supposed to know that? Like, everyone is, like, happy for Godzilla at the end as if they all understand. Like, he is, like, their savior or their, like, you know, the protector against other monsters. Like, how he's just a scary monster. Like, I just remember being so excited to see this again on maybe HBO or wherever it was when I caught it on TV one day. And I just remember being so disappointed. And I'm like, I kind of was like... I, I think I stopped, I, I'm not on social media, but I think that experience has stopped me, like, to have a, an emotional reaction, to put a status out after I see a movie. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I was like, this is how you do a Godzilla movie. <laughs> and no, this isn't. Regret. And maybe, I mean, we could talk about the second one when we get to it, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's, I think they try to go, like, okay, you, you didn't have your monster fights in this one, we'll give you monster fights, and they make it that right. But the, even the humans in this one is just in both of them. Is it so hard? It, and I'm, I, I'm I'm not even. Is it hard to write a human character to relate to? I really like. Yeah. Blandy McBland Bland. Yep. Was like insert your face here. Like, how would you react well, during even, a it, Godzilla fight with Aaron Taylor Johnson's character? Well, even uh, they might have given him another arc where like he is trying to protect this like I don't know little like Japanese boy who gets separated from his parents. But it's like, nope, they found his parents, like, it, ten it, minutes it, later. <laughs> like, oh, like, does he's going to have any arc of any kind? But the, and this movie is just like, well, here's an interesting route you can take. Brian Cranston, father, like, uh, you know, estranged, nope, dead. Oh, the son, nope, dead. It's just like, there's so many... Also, I think it's a little expositiony when they basically explain, like, Ken Watanabe, it just explains the whole, like, plot to the main character right like they take him to a room it's like this is how it works and this is what we were doing and this explains everything and it's like well why are you telling him this because he he doesn't couldn't watch Nobby's like we need him like no no you didn't he doesn't do anything and this kind of has that like all right we haven't had like you know when people think of Godzilla the expectations are so low because of that 1998 Godzilla yeah okay like the, the trailer the teaser trailer for this looked good yeah, I, I would say like the whoever put that trailer t- together is that trailer might have been hats off to you literally, yeah. uh, you and the Man of Steel trailer hands down. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's I, I'm just kind of like the the potential this movie had is so disappointing, and, and that and watching it again 
I just didn't care. Yeah, that's the worst when a movie... And then it went, by the final fight, it's like, this is what I came here to say, and it's only like 11, that, 8 minutes. That's tough when a movie uh, could have been a lot better. You know what I mean? Like It just seems, yeah. like, a, it seems like a real waste, um, as opposed to maybe a movie that had no shot from the get-go. And there were some good shots. Like, Gareth Edwards is a good... like he get, He's a good action director, and he's a good... He knows he knows his shots. I just think, like I have my opinions on Rogue One as well, but I think it mm. all depends on the characters. Yeah, uh, that's you know it seems like a, a fundamental thing, but maybe I don't know were they trying to I don't know what they were trying to do with this movie. Actually, I kind of was watching it and I wasn't. Well, this obviously they were trying to start this franchise, the, the monster universe. I just I was watching it and. Um, just didn't really seem to care or be invested in what was going on. And it's probably because there's no... Uh, there's one for, I'm, I'm, I'm running for King Kong. For uh, well, <laughs> Kong versus... Godzilla. Godzilla, right? Because we had Kong Skull I didn't Islands. care for the Godzilla movies. I like the King Kong one. I yeah. guess I'm, They're going to be friends by the end. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be friends. Yeah, drink. All right, out of time on that one. So, um, you know, your, your opinion went down on that. I never really had a chance I'm to... I'm probably a 60. You're a 60 I know now? some people that do... I, 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 there is a... I could see why people will really enjoy it. It just, for me, it was disappointing, but mm. I'm not, it's not necessarily a bad film, but it has, it could be. But from an 85 to a 60, that's... Okay, 85 to 60, so you dropped 25 points there. I, I never had a chance for this movie to have an opinion previous, because I just saw it for the first time, but I would probably give it like a 52. Wow. Yeah, just like, kind of meh. I like saw it and um, didn't do didn't make me feel bad or I didn't like dislike it enough for it to make an impression either way so uh that was yeah that. I, I'm not I can't put it in the 50s just because I I still remember my excitement when I mm. saw it but I think 60 speaks for itself yeah okay so um you know uh I think it's time to maybe turn on a more positive note uh <laughs> more positive vibes so we're now going to switch things over to movies that um we used to dislike uh but now we do like or maybe even love depending um on what it is so uh we're gonna start with my pick the one i a movie i i didn't like when i saw it when i was a kid when i first saw it but now i love it and uh that movie is he was raised on live television without ever knowing is he looking at us but the only thing they couldn't control is what he'd do if he found out Jim Carrey, The Truman Show, rated PG, June 5th. Um, when I, 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 it's very simple, basically. When I was too young to really understand what this movie was doing or what it was about, and I probably would have given it like like a, I don't know, like You were something expecting low. Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey wacky antics. Exactly. And, you know, I was I, I, I grew up loving uh, The Masks, Dumb and Dumber, you know, Ace Ventura, so... Um, 94, 93 was a good year for you. Yeah, yeah, that was the best year in film for me. Uh, you know, Liar Liar was another one I loved. Um, so, you know, this movie comes out, and uh, I just, you know, was too young to understand it. Um, and uh, I was able to revisit this movie in college, and um, I've watched it several times, and I just love it. And I, it's one of those movies where I notice more and more um, every viewing. So, uh, you know, this movie, I think... Actually, I like I love it so much that I wish it was more of a landmark film. You know, it was in a year. It was a good era of films. These late nineties, mm-hmm. a lot of really big movies came out of that era. But I feel like the Truman Show was so ahead of its time. It's prophetic. I mean, it comes out in like two years before the reality show boom, and it was like so. Um, 
you know, so on point about like how obsessed people would be with the lives of other people on TV. And there's so many, it's, it's like one of those movies that has this concept that it totally takes advantage of every like idea that comes out of this concept. You know, the idea of someone who is unknowingly uh, the star of a reality show and his life is, his town is a set he doesn't know. And basically everyone is trying to keep him from knowing the truth. And there's so many like subtle things that are done like, you know, when he goes to the travel agency, there's like a poster in the background of a plane getting struck by lightning. And it says, it says like, yeah, this could be you. Um, he watches TV and it's all about like, you know, the moral of all these movies on TV is about, you know, staying home and not going out. Um, the, and then uh, the other subtle thing, too, is uh, they mention in, the mo- in, in this movie that this TV show, because it's a 24-7 broadcast that its its revenue is all product placement. And so you have the wife who like has these curious things where she's like, Oh, try this like, you know, cocoa, it's the best. You know, she's always advertising and Truman's like, uh, okay, like he, that he's confused by that. But even more subtle things, like you remember those two old twins that tell him they're gonna buy insurance for him? Both times they push him against a wall and they're pushing him up against an advertisement. Oh, because wow. they're pushing up against a poster for like in one scene, they do it twice. And one of the times, it's like, I don't know, like a chicken restaurant, like a, a chain. And it's like, yeah, like they are trying to make sure that he is next to this poster so it's in frame. And that's the advertisement for that advertiser. Like, it's so, like, subtle, this movie. Um, I enjoy that. I think this movie... You know how there's, like, like four or five, like, kinds of stories, right? Like, man versus man. Yeah. This is, I would say, this is like a man versus God. Like, oh no, it is. Christoph, like the, he, you know, it's on the nose off Christ, but he is like, you know, he controls the weather. He he he, the, he like smites Truman. You know, he's yeah. doing everything he can, and like Truman, like his his town is like it's Sea Haven. It's the Garden of Eden, and at the end he walks into the darkness of like the truth, and I think that's so beautiful because this movie speaks to like the human. Uh, spirit to persevere and and to explore and to learn even when you face like you know like impossible uh challenges and obstacles along the way um the other thing i'll say about this movie is it was very clear right in the marketing what this movie was about like if i remember the trailers didn't know how to market this movie but it made it clear that this is a guy who's the star of a tv show he doesn't know it i think everyone knew what it was about but i think if you went into this movie not knowing anything it would at first maybe seem like some real surrealist movie because everyone acts so strangely and mysteriously and if you see it all from Truman's perspective you might think you're watching some like really experimental weird movie and it's like a mystery like why is everyone acting so weird and then you eventually like see people watching the show and you get a sense of what it might be about but you don't you only really learn the true nature of the movie like two thirds of the way in yeah you learn it pretty late it's like if you knew nothing about this movie I feel like that would be like a huge reveal like that's what's going on in this movie of course you get Kent Brockman as the news oh yeah you get Harry Shearer yeah that is so perfect Um, so yeah I I, um, can't say enough good things about this movie and uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time if I was a kid I probably would have given this like I don't know like a 30 or something like that was weird I don't get it now I give it like I don't know like a 95 98 it's like really up there for me I I think I think for a lot of 90s kids growing up, uh, 
they would have to share that same sentiment. Jim Carrey being so prominent mm-hmm. in all the movies, and plus uh, the Riddler, like he was so yeah. prominent during our childhood, and then he does this really dramatic left turn. Yeah. Or you know, it, I know it's a dramedy, but it's such a departure from his other roles. It's very contained. Mm-hmm. And I remember I didn't see this in theater. I remember my this is dating us, but I remember my dad getting in on Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And watching this and being like, an eight-year-old, nine-year-old is not able to grasp the satire that's going in. And I did think Jim Carrey was funny. I just, I... It's funny in subtle ways. It's funny, but it's not like, this isn't the movie, this isn't Jim Carrey, I know. It's satirical in many ways, that's I've seen it, we've watched it together, I've seen it so many times since, and I, you know, even, I didn't know that they push him up against an ad, so... It is one... I do declare this, and maybe I can talk about it at another point in my life, but I will. I do dec- give this movie the honor of being a perfect movie. You get 100. In, ter- in terms of, in terms of like, what I'm interested in, in terms of media satire, I think this movie... The script, I think, is perfect. The acting, I think, is perfect. Yeah. The directing, I, it's just like that lightning in a bottle. I do declare it a, a perfect movie. I don't give oh. that honor to everything. I wish I I don't know why I don't give it a hundred percent because I feel like there's no such thing. But if I ever it's a perfect movie for me, I can yeah. understand it. I can understand people. Hey, I would be like, you don't like this movie, but I can understand like if you didn't like this aspect of it. But I think I don't know in terms of just what I like. Mm-hmm. I think the script is excellent. It's it's uh, and it's that alone, so tight and it like the details, the fact that you can go back and. It's always something. It's it is a timeless movie. It's so it's so ahead of its time. It is so ahead. Of it. I feel like if it came out like a few years later after the reality show boom, it might have come off as like a little. It, it would have did itself. Yeah, you know, almost in a way, it would have come off as like too trendy or you know. It created its own syndrome. People there like there's it, a Truman Show syndrome where people think that their lives are a TV show and they think everything's a setup or something, uh, which is like kind of an egotistical <laughs> sort I of do, thing, I do, thing to have. I do to think have. this is a perfect movie, but I can I mm-hmm. I can't imagine any kid growing up in the '90s being like having something like this is an amazing I can't like no kid under 10 can grasp like the media satire no no it's, it's, so it's, I, it's I imagine you're not alone in that it's, a, it's an advanced movie it's you know but this movie I'm I'm kind of happy like we, I think like we've seen Jim Carrey grow as like a person in so many different ways and no. this movie of course I would probably say it's his best this and Eternal Sunshine are his best two True. movies yeah uh, he's really great in both um I think those are like the pinnacle of his uh, oh, wow, performances. A, I can't, don't have me pick. I need no, to watch I would Eternal not. Sunshine again, to, but I know Truman Show. I would for pick, me is perfect. I would pick Truman Show because Eternal Sunshine is a very sad movie. So I, I, I watched that, but I, I feel like Truman Show is a movie I'll watch if I don't want to be sad. Eternal Sunshine gets sad, but it's kind of bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Like, no. it, there's some. Uh, it ends on that. Like it's better to have. Love them, like, yeah. but, but anyway, but the Truman Show, I do. Mm-hmm. I think, I think a majority of our audience, overwhelming majority of our audiences, can see your point and kind of. I'm glad. I think the movie. I, it should be. You know, it's it's not like you know whatever it means, like an AFI top 100, or it's not. You know, it's I don't, not in IMDb's top 250, and no, it I'm still declaring it a perfect movie. Damn it! I, I I wish it did get more of that landmark status. I mean, there's so many. I mean, even the ending. Like, it's one of the best endings of a movie. Yeah. What else is on? Like, it's so yeah. perfect. Like, it, it's just every... It hits everything perfectly. 
Um, it really captures that human nature in such a fantastical element. Yeah, and you're just so rooting for Truman the whole way. I mean, he's such a rootable character. Um, you know, this guy going against all odds. Well, his wife, does, like, who's his, who's his friend? Who is it? Like, yeah, like yeah. he's kind of alone in this whole world surrounded by him. You know what's kind of crazy, too, is that, you know, everyone in that world besides Truman is an actor. And what's weird is... I can't ride that's that's their, yeah, yeah, I'm just a bus driver. Every actor has, like, a character name that is not their own name. So his wife is just an actress. Her character's name is Meryl, but that is her life. Like, because yeah. it's a 24-7 role. Um, I also read that, like, I don't know if it's mentioned, but, like, the, the idea of, like, because she's the wife, she has to have sex with them. And I think, like, in her contract, she gets paid, like, a bonus, like, $100,000 every time she has sex with him or something. Because the idea was for them to have, like, uh, a baby eventually, and that baby would be the next Truman. And it would be, like, this never-ending cycle of, like, a whole family of people who didn't know. And, like, you know, they even say that Truman was adopted, the first baby adopted by a corporation. And, you know, the best thing, the best... he arrived on time. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you know, he was, it's almost like he was premature. Like, he couldn't wait to start the show, they yeah. say. And the best satire is the one that is not too far-fetched. And a, a corporation adopting a baby to be the star of a TV show does not sound that far-fetched. It's far-fetched, It's believable enough. It, like, you know... It's it's that that's what's. I think this movie might have prevented any being adopted by. It's on point. It's on point. Uh, That's that's our uh, our you know big uh, spiel on the Truman Show. So hopefully you guys will feel the same. And if not, then get the heck out of here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Uh, But no, wait, not yet though, because we still have Keith's pick for his movie that he used to not like, but he now likes. So what movie would that be? Brendan. Emily. I really screwed up. Screwed up how? The brick. What? I, I didn't know it was bad, but the pin's on it now. You gotta help me. Slow down now. This isn't good. No. Emily said words I didn't know. Tell me if they catch. Brick. Brick, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and directed by Ryan Johnson. His first feature. Yes. So, um, yeah, take us through. Like, what were your initial reactions? How did you first see this? All right. Well, going back to when I, I watched this during the summer between my uh, senior year and college. freshman year in college. Yeah. So senior in high school. And so, and that's when I was just consuming any... Like, I, I was watching Memento. I was watching... Pulp, I watched a lot of Tarantino. Yeah. I was watching just any kind of movie I could get my hand on. And I remember... This wasn't a blockbuster rental for me. This was a library rental. Ah. And I remember... It's, I think the premise of it is just like... Uh, like detective story in high school. Yep. And I will admit that this was not. I was not ready for. Oh, okay. I was not ready for this genre. Gotcha. I didn't watch. I did not watch Chinatown at this time. Yeah. I didn't watch any like uh, Maltese Falcon. I, I, I It yeah. took me a while to really get into that mm-hmm. genre. And I noir is one of my favorites. Yeah. Like from from the cartoons of Scooby Doo and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's not noir, but I like detective. Roger stuff. Rabbit's noir. No. It, that's also a perfect movie for me, but I do like detective stuff, but it took me a while. This movie, when I first saw it, though, it is kind of, for at least someone who's not interested in this, it is kind of boring. Yeah, you know... And confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cold. 
Right. I think that comes from mostly the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character being a cold character. Yeah. And so that kind of, um, and it's that, his movie, it kind of, I mean, like, it's about him, you know, so it, it, him being a cold personality kind of reflects on the rest of the movie. And I do think, I will say that's the fault of me, and it's not even my fault, it's just I saw this movie at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. I, I do think a lot of movies, uh, I, I also, I, my senior year, I also watched Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that was boring. But I, because of the sci-fi element and the visuals, I'm like, oh, and the there's a lot of stuff that I did like it that I was gonna say this Blade Runner was gonna be my movie, but I think that could be predictable. Okay. But I I did end up enjoying it. But I uh, I love Blade Runner right I remember away. Seeing, That's just me. I remember seeing Blade Runner one day after school on a rainy day, and that just uh, the uh, perfect way to see it. Timing and is everything with these timing, movies, and especially for this. But I'm happy I kind of saw it anyway mm -hmm. now in retrospect because when i watched it i think uh whenever looper came out oh I yeah think, oh you know I, oh he did brick you know maybe i should go back and watch brick because i really enjoyed looper mm -hmm. and then i kind of i understood the plot the plot i i understood it i understood it a little better mm -hmm. and then when i really did a deep dive into noir i've written my own noir stories and I did yeah. research and Brick is always kind of I would call Brick like a gateway noir too well you know like, it, it might you know be an introductory to a genre that uh, maybe a lot of people that age are not familiar with you know it's it's about teenagers and usually a movie about teenagers is like for teenagers and so you know it's a high school movie maybe some high schoolers go and they just have this experience of a genre that they just have not been introduced to I'm kind of happy it wasn't like a teen noir. This is like an adult noir set in a high school. This it, is Maltese Falcon. Yeah. This is old school black and white noir. Well, you know, and to that point, I mean, the dialogue is heightened, right? Cause yes. It's it's stylized in the in the dialogue. This is not how high schoolers talk, but it's not supposed to be. Um, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has very like uh, pretentious dialogue because his character is pretentious. But he has, he says things like "Oh, the folly of youth." You know, it's like I don't I don't know how many fifteen-year-olds talk like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a flaw. I'm just saying. And then you watch like the Big Sleep, and you watch like, oh, this is how they talked in the forties. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 like it, this is just basically the brains of those characters put in high school kids. In, and I like that and idea. I really just in, I think for. And also, the filmmaking side of me is like, this is Ryan Johnson's first movie, mm -hmm. and he was able to make this contained story in about 22 days. Yeah. Granted, we talked... I know he did Last Jedi. I still believe Last Jedi works better as a... If you think of it as a Ryan Johnson flick than as a mm. Star Wars flick. I really enjoyed Knives Out. I enjoyed Looper. I'm on the Ryan Johnson yeah. train. It just took me a while... I think I missed it the first time around. I yeah. missed the train. And rightfully so. I just don't think I was ready so maybe it's a, it's a movie about teenagers that's for adults then because i think so yeah yeah you have to um like in the dialogue is very um what's the word it's, it's a, a plot heavy dialogue heavy movie um there's a lot of intricacies with the plot it's another movie that if you turn away you might you will get confused you kind of have to like i agree uh, you know what's cool too at the noir style uh, that this movie has is i like a lot of the character introductions yeah. like just the introduction the introduction of um the character tug who yeah. like his introduction is just punching joseph gordon levitt in the face and uh you know but there's so much more to the character after that um, but they got the femme fatale right they got the yeah. the, uh, the the gang leader right they got the the brain 
Yeah, like the, yeah. They, they really like all those archetypes are there, and uh, really very good ways. at that because uh, I would say one of my favorite movies of two, 2019 was Knives Out. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, and it, I, I've seen it three times already. Oh wow! Okay, uh, that's a movie. Like if you didn't see it, I'm watching it with you. And gotcha. It, I, I think what Ryan Johnson does well is he takes a genre and kind of sub. This one doesn't really even subvert it. It just pays homage. It just uh, updates it and puts it in high school and just put, takes a 1940s noir yep. movie and just puts it in high school. It's not subverting anything. You can kind of... You, you can't predict it, but you're... you're mm-hmm. it's It fits that plot line so well. It's um, it's a little experimental in that regard. And it's probably, in terms of, like, my... It's probably up there with, like, my favorite noir movies now. Okay. So I really went from... If I had to say, like... The height, uh, right before I entered college, I'd probably give this a 55. I saw this in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought it was boring, dull. Yeah. Like, I had no idea what I was in for. And now I give it, like, a 90. Yeah. 95. 90, yeah. Uh, yeah, 95. Yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed a lot of things about it. Um, I think, for me, uh, the story was a little hard to follow at times. Was this your first time it was seeing it? was my first time seeing it. Um, I did like a lot of things about it. Um, and the, you know, I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition between, uh, how heightened the dialogue was, but also just kind of how gritty the, um, just kind of like the, maybe like the cinematography was, because it, it all seemed to be, like, filmed in a way, like, it felt very indie, you know? Oh, yeah. The- it felt very, like, um you know, realistic in terms of, like, how it was shot, but then everyone's talking so heightened, so it was kind of you know, an interesting uh, contrast. Um, I, the, and I, I, at first I was like, I didn't like that, and then I kind of do like that, actually. So I was going back and forth while I was watching it. Um, I think at the time, you know, if I watched this when I was in high school, I probably would have been in the same boat as you. Like, I just don't get this movie. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoy it now. I think I would probably give it, like, maybe like an 83, yeah. you know? Um, uh, I, I think... You know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt gives um, an interesting performance, but uh, I think he was still maturing as an actor at the time, and so I, I, I like him as an actor. I just feel like you know he he was still like kind of coming into his own and developing his craft Th- at the this time. This is during like this is after Third Thirty Rock and uh, Third, Third Rock. Rock. <laughs> this is after Third Rock from the Sun and yeah. uh, Treasure Planet. Yeah, this is like during his legit like high school college years where he's trying to figure out and I think Brian Johnson was like a good mm-hmm. uh, they've obviously remained friends because yeah. of Looper and I think jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt also pops up as like a stormtrooper oh yeah I read that I, yeah so it's uh, thank you Ryan Johnson for help shape Joseph Gordon-Levitt's career I, I really think yeah cause then you know five years he must have read the script and said I want to be in this movie I, I think I read that there was a movie that Joseph Gordon-Levitt had done prior to this that inspired Ryan Johnson to cast him, but yeah, I mean, this is—I think this is probably a big moment for him in his career. And then you know, just five years later, he's in Inception, and he's yeah. like very—he does a terrific performance. In I that. call this a hidden gem. Yeah. Oh, totally. It, like I'm—I'm I'm trying to remember. How, I think someone's brother, a friend's brother, mentioned this movie to me, and it's like, hey, if you like detective stuff you should see this and detective high school i was thinking made for teens by teens no, or something like that it could have been something like i that. think this movie like had the the danger of maybe coming off as like you know pretentious and maybe like not as smart as it thinks it is but i think it is smart oh yeah and i think it warrants um 
uh, a second clever. watch because I, I could tell that they're setting things up and I'm probably missing things that will help like pay off in the end or that make sense more on a second viewing. You know, like uh, little things like you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was able to um, determine who was driving the Mustang in the beginning of the movie because of the cigarette. You know, like things like that. There's some really like clever, subtle storytelling um, in this movie. There's that aspect and it, like the more you dive into a genre like noir, you it kind of enriches your viewing mm -hmm. or your next viewing of Brick just because like, oh, I see where you got this from. Right, right. It, I, it's a good homage. It, it really is. And there's lots of, I can tell there's lots of details. I'm, yeah, I noticed, um, I, I want to watch again just to see if my theory is right. I think every single time a character dies or there's like some sort of loss in the movie, then there's like these ravens that fly by. I think there was like some some imagery um, or symbolism with the ravens, but the point is like there's a lot of like really subtle and um, you know uh, clever things in this movie that uh, I appreciate. So thank you, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I I think I uh, this is uh, something that I would recommend to people now that I've seen it. So um, all right. So you're. Yeah. I, I, think, we're, I didn't. I hit it a little late, so we're already past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that's that's ten minutes. So, yeah. yeah, those are our movies. I think you know there are more movies we'll want to think about that maybe we haven't seen in a long time. We'll want to revisit and see if we have the same opinions or you know if those have changed. Yeah, we'd love for to hear yours. Worse. And if you have a very clever idea for a bonus <laughs> episode too. Yeah, like, we, JJ, you're really good at making them. But we, I'm open to suggestions open, over here. We're open to. I I love it. Kind of put. It was hard to think of a movie because I'm always kind of. Um, there's no movie I like. I hate mm. and then love. Right. But this one. This one was. I was like, okay. I was. There are movies I like, maybe I'm bored by that I grow to love as I got older. Mm -hmm. This one was like, okay. I thought it was boring. Yeah. And then I, I became who I am today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the interesting with like you know especially when you you watch as like a kid or you know a teenager. Yeah, you're still kind of finding your own taste and it's style. A good, it's a good uh, thought exercise, but I'm, I want more bonus episodes. Thank you for staying with us, and um, keep an eye out soon for more Divided Films.